is brought to you by Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair and beauty source and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Welcome back to the NBC Network, iHealth Radio, the iHealth Channel, with your host, Hurricane H, also the Fit and Fab Channel today. And I have a treat today. Um, we've talked a lot of fitness over the years, and today we're going to have a spin on fitness, you know, at, for children, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to combine mind and body together. And I have with me a special guest, uh, the one, the only, Michael Venture, who's also known as Coach Mike, and uh, he is the founder of MindFit. Coach Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Hurricane. I appreciate it. Love well, my, being here. My pleasure, dude. I follow you and I love your work. And I think you're doing terrific out there and, and you're helping a lot. Uh, and, and, you know, our kids are our future. And you're taking a, a whole angle on that. And a lot of people do fitness. A lot of people do different things to, to assist and coach kids and children these days. But your angle is different. So before we get into all that, Mike, take, take us back to your story, like how it all started. I know you're also into healthcare, but let's talk about you and then let's talk about your vision and how you started this whole concept of MindFit. So MindFit actually started almost 15 years ago and the company wasn't founded until 2017, but um, 15 years ago um, through a traumatic experience, um, I have three sons, my wife and I. And when my middle child was 18 months old, he actually had a uh, grand, grand mal seizure, uh, lasted five to seven minutes. Um, turned out it was febrile. But after his seizure, um, he really was struggling with things that he wasn't struggling with before. So um, he went from, you know, quote unquote, a normal functioning little boy to really struggling with fine motor, gross motor um sensory integration things that really kind of came out of nowhere and i watched a little boy that was you know 18 months old running around all over the place suddenly have a challenge just stepping off of a curb um a six inch curb he couldn't step off of he'd have to sit down swing his legs over the curb and stand back up he was very shaky um and my wife and i and god bless my wife she just you know really pushed doctor to doctor, hospital to hospital, like, let's find out what's going on. And I think we went, oh my gosh, pretty much all the way up and down the East Coast. And shockingly enough, we wound up finding a pediatric neurologist in Englewood, New Jersey, Dr. Ariel Shabani, um, who was finally able to give us a diagnosis. And it turned out that my son had something called cerebellar hypoplasia, meaning he had a slightly smaller or underdeveloped cerebellum. Um, your cerebellum is responsible for your fine motor, your gross motor, your sensory integration, everything that, that he was struggling at the time with. And, you know, as a parent, 
when when you finally get a diagnosis and you've been searching for a long time, you know, you, you have such a moment of relief because you're like, oh my gosh, thank you. We finally have an answer. And then all of a sudden the black cloud instantly comes over your head and you're like, okay, so what happens now? And I remember saying to the doctor, okay, well, now that we know what it is, does he need surgery? Does he need a, a medication, a prescription? Like what happens now? And his response to me, and I remember this literally like a movie in my head. I can see it perfectly. Um, and he almost spoke it like words of scripture. Like it was crazy how much it impacted me. And he said, no, he said, your brain is a muscle and it needs to be exercised just like every other muscle in your body. And one of the ways that you exercise your brain is by exercising your body. And my bachelor's degree was in exercise physiology. Um, so you would think it made perfect sense to me. And I probably looked at him like a deer in the headlights. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I felt like I left his office that day with a diagnosis and a homework assignment. And the homework assignment was, how do we help our son? Mm. And, you know, you, you, you get back home and then life, you know, kicks right back in. It's a busy day. You're going from uh, therapist visits to school to all different things. And, you know, as he started in school, it turned out the cellular hypoplasia was a difficult pill for elementary school to swallow. And, mm -hmm. you know, they we had teachers that, you know, were amazing and that really fought alongside us and cried with us and did everything they had to do. And then we had, a, you know, a lot of other pushback from teachers and administrators and things that just didn't want to take the time. So he was involved in a lot of uh, occupational therapy sessions, physical therapy sessions. And when he was in school, he would have problem with multi-step problems. So you could ask him a question and he could answer it if, on something he read. But if you asked him a question and asked him to write it, that transition of going from the brain down to the arm and actually transitioning on a piece of paper was more difficult. But what we noticed was that after his therapy sessions, after physical therapy or occupational therapy, which did a lot of focus on core strength, on strength in general, on balance, um, he didn't have quite the struggles that he had um, in school. So I remember one day typing into a Google search the effect of exercise uh, on learning in kids. And I don't really know what I expected to find. Um, and what popped up were hundreds and hundreds of studies that have been done by Ivy League schools that show that high intensity exercise done before the learning process drastically enhances a child's ability to learn. And I thought, how is this possible? So to simplify it, you think about a runner's high. Mm -hmm. So people will talk about after they go for a run, they feel so good mentally, emotionally, everything after they run. Um, and I, I was a runner myself. I was a cross-country runner in school. I was a track runner. Never really associated the two things together until I started researching it. And what I realized is that when you exercise, your brain produces neurochemicals and neurofactors that have a drastic impact on your ability to learn, to retain information, both in short-term and long-term memory. Um, but yet we don't do it like that, right? So if you think about a normal school day for a child, uh, especially in this world of technology that we have today, um, kids wake up in the morning and so many times the first thing they do is they jump on a screen. It's an iPad, it's a PlayStation, it's um, Netflix, whatever it is. It's the first thing they do. Then they eat, maybe eat breakfast. Some do, some don't. Mm -hmm. Then they get on a bus. 
and they're going to spend because the bus routes are being consolidated. Now they're going to spend 30, 40 minutes on a bus. Yep. So the whole first part of their morning, they've done nothing but sit. They get to school. The first thing they do is sit down in the classroom and are expected to essentially drink out of a fire hose with the amount of information that's being <laughs> thrown at them. Right. <laughs> so, and then they go through their day. They have slight transitions from here or there, because they're walking from class to class. And then they, um, they may have gym class, but one of the most frustrating things we can get to this later that I'm seeing in gym class today is it has nothing to do with activity and fitness and movement. It has to do with sports or even less than that. Uh, my child came home the other day and said they were doing cup stacking in, in gym class. My like, cup stacking, what does that possibly have to do with working your body? But then after, after the school day is over, they get back on that bus. They're going to spend 30 to 40 minutes on a bus. And then they go home and the first thing they do is jump back on a screen. They do that until dinner time. Then after dinner, mom, dad, grandpa, whoever it is, is like, you got to get your homework done. So they sit to do their homework. Then they get those last few precious minutes of screen time before they go to bed. And their day restarts the next day. So their activity levels are dropping significantly. And it amazes me how we literally have a way to hack our brain into learning more, learning faster, learning better, and retaining more information. In fact, studies have actually been done on, um, on high school kids that if they take a one-hour swim class just prior to doing the SAT, they can increase by, uh, the average increase is 40 points just by taking a swim class, nothing else to do, and immediately prior to taking the SAT. Because, I mean, I sort of remember taking the SAT. I rolled out of bed got to the place. I probably had a cup of coffee in my hand. I was half asleep. I didn't want to be there yet. I'm supposed to take this test that has this drastic impact, you know, on my life. Um, so I was, I was amazed and I was so excited about, okay, if we can learn how to, um, instigate these neurochemicals and neurofactors in our brain, we can learn easier and better. And as we began to do that um, with all of our kids, not just, just one, um, you know, I was still incredibly frustrated with the public school system. And I remember one day complaining to my wife and I was just like, you know, I can't believe this is going on. This is going on in school. And it was just one of those days she didn't want to hear me vent. So she said to me, you know what? She goes, you can either keep complaining in these four walls of this house, or you can go run for a school board and try to make a difference with it. And there happened to be an unexpired term or an open seat at the school board at the time. I'd never done anything with politics. I disdain it. So, I, you know, I really wanted nothing to do with it. But if it meant maybe making a change in how kids are educated and being able to affect them in a positive way, I said, all right, I'll throw my hat in the ring. And um, wound up getting on the board, spent three quarters of a decade on a board of education, a lot of that time as a president of a board, and became obsessed with the world of STEM. Uh, STEM education, yes, it's about science, technology, engineering, and math. It's about coding. It's 3D printing. It's robotics. It's hydroponics. It's drones. It's, it's all these things of the future. But it's not just learning those skills. It's the ability to take problem solving into learning about things, into learning to do things. Uh, so, you know, I, I just love the world of STEM. I met two people that just had a huge impact on me. One was the we wound up actually changing schools that my kids were in. And um, the superintendent of the new school, uh, his name is John Natolo. He was probably the most unbelievable, 
thought leader I've ever met in my life. Still is to this day. And um, he just blew me away with his approach to teaching, his approach to learning. Um, he hired a STEM coach who was a very young, energetic teacher um, who I would watch the way he would run his classes. And the best way to describe it was organized chaos. Um, he was literally designing organized chaos, but the kids were learning. And I remember my kids coming home one day and saying, so we have this new, new project in, in STEM today. And I was like, what are you learning? He's like, well, it turns out that the clips that are used in Africa to hold the mosquito nets inside of their homes are faulty. Like when you push them into the walls, because a lot of the walls in, in a lot of the, the homes there, they're made of mud or something to that extent. You push them in, they wind up crumbling. And my fourth grader was coming home trying to 3D design a new clip that they could then send to uh, the Malaria Foundation to try to help um, you know, people hold these mosquito nets. Uh, and I'm like, how is this happening? Like you're in fourth grade, I'm in you know, rural New Jersey and you're working on this. Like this is where STEM could go. And they were so obsessed with that process of thinking about how do they solve this problem? So one day we, um, this, the superintendent, John, and this, this STEM coach and I, we became good friends. We were sitting around my island um, in full transparency, beers in hand. And um, <laughs> we were just talking about, uh, you know, superintendent was talking about how education has become about standardized tests. It's not about learning. It's about standardized tests. And the STEM coach is talking about the world of STEM and how all industries in the future are going to have their fingers in some way or another in the world of STEM. And I'm there talking about the neurological impact that exercise has on the brain and how we can enhance the way kids learn. And literally, we, we paused for a minute in the conversation. And I said, imagine if you had all of these things that we're talking about right now and you put it together. I said, I'd call it mind-body. Like, and it just kind of popped out. And it was like I made a declaration to the world. Like, this has to happen. This is what I'd call it. And about three days later, I remember texting with them and I was like, it's not mind body, it's mind fit. And this was back in like 2014, 2015. And I, you know, talked about it nonstop, how my wife, you know, hasn't killed me yet. Uh, you know, because it was just like one day when I start mind fit, one day when I start mind fit. And uh, I remember one day I came home and, you know, the healthcare world is an interesting world. And although everyone calls it healthcare, it's really sick care. It's really not healthcare. Um, and I came home from a, you know, rough day at work, got into bed. It was really late at night. It was about 10 o'clock. And he, um, you know, my wife was already in bed and she kind of rolled over half asleep. And she's like, how was your day? And I just said, I'm done. Like, I just, I, I'm done. I'm tired of this. And she said, okay. Oh, and she kind of fell half back to sleep. <laughs> and I said, you know, I think it's time. And she goes, okay. I said, do you even know what I'm talking about? And she goes, yeah, I do. And I said, do you think I'm crazy? And her response was by far the most amazing response that anyone who was at that juncture in their life could ever get. And her response was, I'm just surprised it took you this long. So I was like, okay, I, I'm taking that as a yes, and I'm going to move forward with this. So I began the process of designing this program where you had one building where kids would specifically do 
up to 20 minutes of high intensity exercise and then transition into another room where we would work to inspire them through videos or something like that for about five to seven minutes. And then boom, they'd go into one of the most advanced STEM labs that were in New Jersey. And it would be kindergarten through uh, really eighth, ninth grade that we'd be working on this on. And, um, and it happened. And I wound up leaving. I, I walked away from healthcare at the time. I left my job, which was a crazy thing to do. I was 40 some years old. And I was like, I, I, you know, people were like, you're crazy. Like, you can't just walk away from your career. You built this entire career and you're going to walk away. And I said, but this is what I feel like it needs to happen. And um, wound up opening MindFit uh, in December of 2017 and had the opportunity to work with over a thousand kids uh, over the course of the time it was open. And then in 2020, COVID killed it. Um, so shut everything down. Um, and it, it turned into, I guess you can say, a colossal failure at that point, right? Because it just couldn't continue. Um, and it was really at a juncture where I had to say, so what happens now? Am I going to walk away from this and just say, well, I tried? Or am I going to try to figure out how to keep it alive? And there was a specific day during my time at MindFit that probably was one of the most impactful of any. And, you know, a lot of times we, we would do a trial class uh, with parents, with kids first. So people would sign up for a trial class, trial class. And so many times right before the class started, a mom, a dad, whoever it is, would kind of pull me aside and say, you know, uh, Coach Mike, just want to let you know my son or my daughter has ADD or ADHD or is on the autism spectrum. We've tried to get them involved with everything. We've tried soccer. We've tried karate. We've tried chess. We've tried all these different things. Nothing works. I'm just at my wits end. You know, um, is it okay that they take this trial class? I'm like, of course, absolutely. Um, and I was like, and not only is it okay, but I want you to follow us throughout the class. When we're on the fitness side, I want you to watch what we're doing. When we go in and watch inspirational videos i want you to, to watch it with us when we go on the coding side or whatever we were doing that day you know watch us be engaged it's okay so we had a little boy come in he was about uh he was about five years old he was a little younger than our normal um our normal age she had that same conversation with me and he uh did the, the fitness side did amazing he was a little rambunctious in the beginning um but you know he did an amazing job went through, we watched the video and I don't remember what the video was that day, but then we go in and, um, I had him 3d designing today for 3d printing. And I remember the mom watching us very closely in the beginning because parents were always very concerned that, you know, their kids are doing concept two rowing machines. They're using like kettlebells and, you know, it's a little nervous for a family when you're not used to doing that. But, um, I was right alongside his desk and I was helping him with something. And I heard this noise out of this, out of you know, corner of my, my perception. And I didn't know what it was. I look over and the mom is there and she's weeping. Like she just has tears rolling down her face. And I was like, oh my God, what happened? So I walk over. I said, are you okay? She goes, how did you get him to sit? Mm. And I didn't understand the importance of that question. And she goes, you know, he has ADHD. She goes, he can't read. And you have him 3D designing, but you got him to sit. I can't get him to sit to do anything. And he's been sitting for almost 40 minutes. 
And I said, yes, because when you work the body, it primes the mind for learning. And that was one of the most impactful. And I had that happen in what, in one sense of the way or another, so many different times. And when it came down to, okay, the building is now closed, COVID shut everything down. What happens next? I said this, it worked and it worked so well. It's, it's, it would be irresponsible to not share it with the world. Um, so I started writing a book and, um, you know, I, I actually remember very well the first day I sat down to write and from, uh, I don't know if you know Dean Graziosi, but I totally stole his idea for how to start writing a book. And I listed out the 10 things that I most like to talk about, about MindFit. And those 10 things became my 10 chapters. And I sat down with the computer. Um, I, um, I'm an Apple junkie. So I have my Apple up on the screen. I'm using pages and I'm just watching this cursor blink again and again and again and i'm like i can't get anything out like i have all this stuff in here i can't get it out so the funny thing about my book is i didn't sit and write and type my book i spoke my entire book so i would go on miles upon miles walks i use a dictation app on my phone and just talk through everything that i needed to get out about the book and then i would go back download it start editing do it that way and i wrote the entire book that way um, the first version I had of the book was about 35,000 words. And, um, I hired an editor to kind of help me through the process. She looked at it. And the first thing she did was took about almost 20,000 words out of it. She's like, yeah, you got to rewrite all of this. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, don't do that. But I did. And in the end, we wound up with about a 50,000, uh, 55,000 word book. It was like 251 pages. I was hoping it had about 150. It was a hundred more than what I had, had imagined. And um, I finished it in February of last year. And it took me three, a half a year, three quarters of a year to actually publish it. Because all of a sudden I got cold feet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, you're, I share the stories, a lot of what, even the stories I shared today, I shared them in the book. It's very personal. It's about my family. It's about my, my, my boys. And, um, you know, when, when you, as you know, you, you put yourself out there every day and, you know, the messages that you're trying to get out. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I get ripped apart? So I just kind of shelved it. I had the first copy in my hand and then I just did nothing. And um, <laughs> finally, I was like, you know what? Again, you're being irresponsible. Like you need to get this out. So, um, you know, the book was published and now the goal is what's next? Like where, where do we want to go with, with MyFit? And there's a couple different uh, directions that, that we're kind of going. And one is, and parents today, there's such a, we can't expect school systems, governments, or anything to be able to provide for us or to support us in the way that we need. And if, I'm not knocking governments or school districts or anything like that, but at some point we have to take it into our own hands. So I, my goal is to eventually license the MindFit method into school districts um, across the country. But at the same time, I want households themselves to take the responsibility. Um, when it came to the exercise that can be used for MindFit, it's not like you're exercising for weight loss. So you're exercising for, to improve your cardiac function. This is you're exercising for a very specific purpose is to enhance your neurological function. So when you uncomplicate fitness, because fitness has become the most complicated industry 
ever, right? <laughs> it started in the 80s with the big box gyms. And we used to have these gyms that were dungeons in you know warehouses. And then also we had, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger said it best, these palaces of chrome where you, know, you walk in, there's 10,000 pieces of equipment. No one knows what to do. Everyone, for whatever reason, jumps on the adductor machine and starts working their adductors because they think it's going to trim their hips, whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, we've complicated it so much because we're always thinking about what's perfect when it comes to an exercise program, what's perfect when it comes to nutrition. Um, yet we continue well, in our search for what's perfect and do nothing at the same time, we continue to do the bad habits that we do before. So for, for MindFit, I wanted to make it as simple as possible. What was the, I call MEL or minimum effective load that you have to do in order to have the impact um, on the brain? And wound it down to about an eight to 14 minute workout. You don't need equipment. You can do it yourself. You can do body weight movements. If you have equipment, even better, it gives you more variety. Um, but you know, you're essentially doing functional movements. So pushing, pulling, climbing, squatting, Standing, all the things that our bodies were normally meant to do. And then I combined some type of a short burst of cardiovascular activity with it. So for example, a simple MindFit uh, workout for eight minutes could be um, five burpees and 10 ab mats and 15 air squats paired with 30 seconds of mountain climbers or a minute of mat, something to that extent where you're just mixing up functional with um more of metabolic at that point and it had a had a huge it was so easy to implement um i've actually had it down now my next goal is to see can i go even lower can i do 300 seconds of fitness and still have the impact, same impact could you do 90 seconds of fitness in a classroom right where you have a teacher you got a classroom full of students could you actually pull that off uh, so that's kind of where it's it's going next um and to just spread the word, again, activity levels in kids are so low today. Unless you play a sport, so many kids are not active. Um, so you're going to have the health benefits that are associated with, you know, just the exercise in general. But today we need a competitive edge. And I know I talked about standardized tests before. Standardized tests are a great example. Standardized tests are just to make you standardized, right? They're just to make you the same as everybody else. They're not to make you innovative or creative or better learning or showcase your skills. They're just to show that you can memorize a, a topic or a process and regurgitate it on a piece of paper. Um, the problem with, with that is that, you know, 50 years ago, we were a manufacturing economy in the United States. We're not today. We're an innovation economy. We're a service economy. So, to continue to run an education system as though we are a manufacturing economy, um, like China, for example, we're always comparing our test scores to China's test scores, but China is a manufacturing economy. We are an innovation economy. So it doesn't really make any sense to do that. We need kids to be able to be innovative, be creative, use things like the design thinking process, which is an unbelievable way um, to try to attack problems. Um, but then how do you prime your brain to do it? How do you prepare your brain to take you further in either your skills and how you're learning, how fast you can learn something? Um, and that's, and I know I just talked a whole lot, but that's kind of where, you know, where MindFit came from. And um, it started 
it started with my family and I don't know where it's going to end. We'll see. Wow. <laughs> you know, I, I did not want to interrupt. It was just going well. The flow was right. I think you answered many questions that I would have asked, uh, but, but really I can see the passion and uh, you know, I, I get it, man. Uh, first of all, you know, I want to commend you and give you all the, you know, the the prompts and the kudos and everything for for doing what you've done, and for believing in 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 this. And as a parent to a parent, as a father to a father, I can tell you the the event that you that you experienced with your, you know, boy at the time, and 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 you, it's it's not easy. And I I cannot possibly imagine what that is. I've I've had similar stuff, but not to that extent. And it is always difficult, you know, when you you're faced with such a reality that you have to deal with, and it's not it's not like you can't cancel it. It's part of life. Now you have to figure out a way around it, and you did that. And I also want to commend your wife and and you know as as your true partner and and her support in this whole thing from day one, and and being your like you know catalyst. You know, she's really like you know, first of all, she's like you know there, but but at your own pace, which is even better because not you know she's not nagging. She's like. You know what you need to do, but she's not pushing it until you're ready for it. And that's another thing. Understanding that support, you know, is very important. And and really learning what happened at that time and what you can do about it, understanding what was the problem and figuring out a way to do it. And then taking it to the next level because you took really the the, the helm. You know, you took you took it in your hands. I mean, it's not like you know, allowed other people to make that decision for you. Let's get involved. And that's the other part. We're not getting involved sometimes. You know, we just expect everybody else to do it for us. But, you know, and again, that's leadership. That's taking action. A action speaks louder than words. I mean, we can talk all we want. We talked about it earlier, you and I. We can read all the books in the world, but we just be, a, you know, and even if we write it down, it's just a copy, but practicing it, practicing stuff that we read and and really put in, in real work is, is a challenge. But you did that. You actually went to the board. You became part of it. You started introducing the concept. And, and you introduced a concept that is, you know, that you were told by a doctor, which, by the way, does make sense. I mean, if your body is oxygenated well, if the body's metabolism, you know, is kicking all the stuff, your brain is just functioning better. I mean, just, you know, physics, you know, work one one, you know, and, and, and biology. And but it does work. And that to your point, our society and I think now more than ever is needed. The work that you do is needed because. You're right. Our kids, I see it with my kids. Listen, you and I, we grow, we've grown, you know, playing outdoors. You know, I, I used a skateboard. I did martial arts. I played soccer. You know, I did all that stuff. We, we hike, we went on all the different things, swimming, you know, so I've done it all right. But it was outdoors. You know, we spent very little time at home. I mean, literally other than homework and stuff, you come in and sleep, but you're like every break you're out, <laughs> you're working something, you're running, you're sweating, you're, our kids don't do that. You described it exactly that. You were talking about the kids, you know, day. That's my kids' day. <laughs> they wake up, six o'clock. They don't even barely get breakfast. They're already connected with their in, in chats and whatever. And then they're in the bus with their friends for a half hour. Exactly. That's why. And it's funny. My kids are, we live literally by the high school. Uh -huh. and, so, and so they still take the bus. So they can do the whole tour with their friends. And so we're the first station <laughs> or stop. They go all the way around for a half hour to get back to the same school, which is not, literally if I can open up the gate, they can go into the room. <laughs> but that's that's the weirdest. But that's really what they do. And then they come back and, and to you exactly what they do. They come back, they grab whatever they can buy, and then they just go into their dungeons again, close doors, and that's it. And you can't even do anything about it. So it is it is a monotonous routine and it is really taking away a toll on their body. I mean, my 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 younger son had for a couple of years he was just especially through after covid 
he gained so much weight because he was not doing anything. And right. eventually he got into basketball and stuff. And now he's, he's trimmed nicely and he's doing good. But it took a whole event for him to actually. And then cholesterol was high. And the doctor says, you got to do something about it. But you, the, the behavior that we have today, it's and, and that's the other thing, because you're not oxygenated enough. Your body is not doing exercise to your point. I mean, we have it. I mean, I, I feel it myself. I, you, yep. I go to the gym in the morning before you go to work. And you're going to work. You're like, you know, the day is exciting. Your metabolism yep. kicking. You're, you're like in the best you know, form. Like you're running like, you know, 200 you know, uh, miles an hour. Yep. And and when you don't do that, you're like, you walk up, you go to the, to the office and you're like, oh, okay, you know. This. <laughs> and, and, and that's for adults, but kids is the same way. And and actually that's where you're building your knowledge, you're building skills. And so so that was the, the, the just some of the, well, at least the comments I wanted to make. But but really you took the steps you you build the thing you know you started showing it and it's working and you've helped a lot of people over the years because the example of the child that the that had the autism and and the reaction of the mom i i'm pretty sure that's just one of many that you've experienced but but people are not seeing it because the approach is different you got you got him to do something you know he got excited and he was he was not thinking the way the same way he was thinking normally he had a different process now and it impacted him and it changed his life. And I'm assuming he's doing much better now. And his parents are happier. And yeah. and and by the way, and I love what you did up to, to you said it, the pandemic hit on everybody, especially the the, the fitness world got, got hurt big time. Yeah. Uh, if you have a fitness brand, whatever, that was probably the one thing that didn't that start that closed early and opened the latest <laughs> or reopened yeah. rather than least. It just yeah. there's like, you know, there was no need for 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 this stuff. Although that is the most important in, in the immune system is healthier when it's active right but unfortunately uh, you know we're not going politics but that didn't play right <laughs> no not at all <laughs> but, but what i love about what you did also like is that you took that knowledge that's the other thing like you, you we do a lot of things and sometimes it's like documentation of the stuff right and we talked about this knowledge to be shared and knowledge without you know putting it somewhere where people can have access to it and, and real, you know, uh, steps to utilize it, you know, that's going to be nothing. So you took the time to write a book, but I also love the way that you're very unconventional, uh, you know, uh, unorthodox and not conventional at all with your approach. That's actually me. I, I if I, 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 can, I can tell you this, if I'm going to write a book, it's probably going to be the same thing. I'm going to do like an audio, you know, uh, speech sure. to text, whatever. And then that's it. I, I don't know. I'm not a typist and it's going to be a hard thing to put it, you know, in play. But if I read it to myself, well, at least just, you know, state the whole thing in, in, a, in a format, and then I guess consolidate in a written, you know, a format that would work for me. But it did work for you. And I'm pretty sure that's probably with the new technology. Now you can do that. I mean, it's basically the same thing as typing. You just read into to type. But but I, the concept is awesome. And then you put it all in there. And I love about the 10 chapters, the 10 things that you wanted to share. And then you put the book. So you didn't waste the time. Although the pandemic did put a halt on, on everything, you took the time to... Uh, see, that's the thing that I've noticed in this pandemic. As tragic as it was, as, as bad as it was for a lot of areas, many people took that time to reestablish themselves and figure out a way out of it. And, and that's, that's you know, admir you know it's really something to admire in, in a lot of these folks because some people just fold and they just, this is it, the doom day, you know, uh, watch his eyes on. Or you can just say, okay, what can I do to maximize the opportunity, not waste any time? And frankly, it won't buy so quick eventually. I mean, yeah, now we can say quick. At the time, it was not yeah. quick. <laughs> but, but it's fine. It's just like a relativity time. Like, you know, why I always say, if you're having a happy moment, it lasts minutes if you're having a sad moment it lasts forever but then when it's over it's like oh 
you know, it's like it never happened, right? It's just a memory. Yeah. But but it's it's amazing how that plays. But you took that time to turn into something positive. Uh, again, again, commanding your wife again. That it, what took you so long, dude? <laughs> you know. But you know what? Sometimes that's that's a very good question for people or audiences. Like whatever you want to do, sometimes there is a timing for everything, and everything happens yeah. in a due time. It never happens before, and that means you're not ready. Uh, you know, I I can just relate to it from my podcast or or, or or network is that I've thought about I've thought about this for years, but I didn't apply it until I had it was the right time and the right mix. And believe it or not, the pandemic helped too <laughs> in my case yeah. because yeah. I had the time to do it. So so it just it's just amazing. But but there's a time for everything. So if you have an idea, a goal, whatever you want to achieve, you know, uh, work towards it. And there's going to be a, a point of like, you know, no return. That's the trigger. Boom. And then you just launch. I mean, the shuttle. You know, there's so much preparation before it goes up. And then after the countdown, it's just like there's a point where a booster and then you're like, we have liftoff and that's it. Once that lift is up, you know, now it's it's just, you know, going to your target. And you did that. So, again, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of almost summarizing what you've covered. And, you know, you you've talked for 37 minutes or 35 minutes about this whole thing. And you know what? There was no reason for me to interrupt it because I believe that you've covered a lot of angles there. And I don't think any question that would have asked, you know, would have been, you know, uh, missing any of the stuff you covered. But but really for audiences, the work you've done, the work you're doing. And I know something you didn't say that you also do your podcast now. And so, 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 so you took it also on the road. I mean, that's the other thing. Podcast is just a uh, I, I refer to them as lectures, you know, many lectures. People are talking and they share in, you know, wealth of information and insights and valuable, uh, you know, knowledge. And but it's more on on an audio visual type of effect as opposed to reading. Some people may not have the time to actually read the book, but maybe they can listen to a discussion about the book. I actually uh, we had a training one time. I don't know. I, I use this book. It's called The Us Principle. It's okay. about accountability uh, and sales and stuff. And uh, we there's an audio version. There's some training about it, but we used it as a, as a, as an advantage, and we used the discussion part about it, and it helps. So some people have different ways of of applying things. But it just changes the dynamics. And so you've done also that. And I think you've done enough of that so far. And you're just starting and you're, you're, you're focused on that. So, so now, like my question, really, now, you have the book. It's out there. And have you re 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 I mean, restarted the actual program at, at the school district? So I have not um, reopened a facility. Okay. Um, I'm beginning now to talk with school districts about implementing uh, the MindFit method in schools. But again, I think at some point we're going to have to take responsibilities as households to be able to do this. And something that I really haven't shared with a lot of people, but um, book two is now actually in the works. Nice. So one of the, after people read the first one, um, and the funny thing is, is although the book is utilizing fitness to enhance neurological function in the world of stem take the world's word stem out of it it enhances neurological function for learning and while the book was written to on how you can implement it for children it works just as well with adults there, there's no difference so as people began reading the book and as people began listening to the podcast everyone said you really need to write a book for adults as to what you know what can we do and I'll laugh and I'll say, well, you just need to do the exact same thing that's in here. You just don't do it for STEM. You do it for your job. You do it for your business. You do it for Life your function. side, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And 
what I've learned is that people like um, a step-by-step process. What, what can they do? How can they implement it? So the new book is a little bit different and parts of it I'm going to be able to dictate, but this book requires a lot more research um, of how do you literally grab the bull by the horns and drive yourself to success with the basis of the mindset method, um, you know, enhancing or being a catalyst for your, your growth. Um, there has been books that have been so influential um, to me throughout the years, whether they're business books or, you know, self-help books that th- this is where it's going to go next. Um, because we can't get our kids, we can't teach our kids to do the things, even for the pr- process of the mindset method, if we're not doing them ourselves. Um, we are the biggest role model for our kids. And although TikTok and Instagram and everything else seems to be running the world these days, they still see what we do. And, you know, you mentioned before how um, your son gained a lot of weight during COVID. Mm. Well, so did I. And during COVID, I gained 25 pounds, which I always, my weight fluctuates two, three, four pounds all the time, but I'm always in the same world. And um, it was the stress of closing the business. It was COVID. It was everything. You know, you just, I let myself go. And here I am writing this book about everything that needs to happen. And I was falling apart. And what happened was, uh, like most people, they have a favorite pair of jeans. So <laughs> I haven't worn them in a while. And I went to grab my favorite pair of jeans. I went to put them on. And I'm like, what happened? So I hadn't stepped on a scale in a long time. I jumped on a scale and I was in shock. I couldn't believe that I had gained 25 pounds. So I remember walking downstairs, my wife and all three of my boys were in the, right around the kitchen island. And again, I came down, I'm like, all right, I've gained a ton of weight. That's it. I got to get myself back on track. And instead of everyone kind of chuckling or being like, oh, good. The looks on their faces was pure relief. And I remember my wife saying to me later, I'm like, we just don't want to say anything. Like, but so right at that point, like literally that day, I was like, you know exactly what you have to do. Right. Especially growing up in a fitness world and training people throughout the years, you know exactly what you have to do. There's a world of difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it. And I just put back in place everything that that needed to happen to to make it happen, to make it work. And in a very short amount of time, increased my muscle, lost 25 pounds of body fat. it It was great. But it also had an effect that I never anticipated. And it was the effect on my kids because my kids were fairly sedentary at that point too, because of, again, you're a COVID and my youngest, who at the time was probably like 12. Um, you know, I went to go, I was a cross country runner. I was a very good cross country runner in high school. And when he, I, I was 12 years old or he, he's 12 years old. Um, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go out and I'm just going to go run a mile. I'll be back. So I live in a cul-de-sac. There's 11 houses on our street. And I was like, well, you know, Maybe I'll just run 800 meters. Maybe I'll run 400 meters. We'll see. I didn't make it to my neighbor's mailbox. And that is the honest truth. I felt like I was going to die. And something I've never, I I haven't um, said here today, but when I was 22 years old, I had my hip replaced. Um, I broke the ball right off my femur my senior year of high school, had a plate, a pin and four screws put in. And after five years developed a vascular necrosis and needed a hip replacement at the age of 22. 
Um, so I had all this extra weight. People don't realize it, but on your hip joints, for every 10 pounds of uh, weight that you add to your body, you add 50, uh, 50 pounds of torque to that hip joint. And I couldn't run. I, I couldn't get to my neighbor's mailbox. It was embarrassing. So I wound up walking 800 meters that day. And then the next day I walked a mile and then I would run to one mailbox and then walk to the next and run to one mailbox, just build in myself. Gradually. Yeah. And what I watched was my kids started doing the same thing. And because they saw what I was doing and they're like, okay, this is, this is working for dad. Dad's be feeling better. He's, you know, I want to do this too. And my youngest embraced it to the point where like, we would go on two mile runs and I'd be looking behind me the entire time. Cause I'm so scared. Like, where is he? And after three months, he was somewhere in front of me. I couldn't even find him anymore because he was so much faster than I was, but he was the same thing. He couldn't run 400 meters in the beginning. Um, my middle son, who was actually, um, who the MindFit method, you know, the whole story is really about, um, after a good amount of time of running and I did CrossFit for years, I was a CrossFit, um, coach as well. We started this thing where my youngest and I would do Murph every weekend. So Murph is 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and a mile run at the beginning and a mile run at the end. We started doing that every weekend. My middle son, who was not interested in training at all, comes out one day and says, can I join you guys? Absolutely. But you haven't done this, so it's going to hurt. <laughs> it's it's going to be tough. And he completed about three quarters of it. And he was miserable the next day because he was so sore. But guess what happened the next weekend? Can I join you guys again? Can I join you guys again? Uh, all three of my boys now are now a cross-country runner. I have a 14, a 16, and an 18-year-old. My oldest is a freshman in college. And they're all runners. Their lives now are built around fitness. And it is not because of any encouragement of me at this point. In fact, I'm often the one saying, you need to take a break. Like, you need to take a day off. You've trained too many days in a row. You have to stop. That is their doing. And... As a parent, um, that is one of my basic, biggest successes that I've had. But it, it wasn't me telling them what to do. It was me doing it and them following it. So we, that's, that's where book two is going to go. And it's going to be more on the business side, too. And how do you reach your goals? How do you, um, you know, how do you be productive? How do you overcome your fears? But if we don't do it as the adults, the kids aren't going to do it either. And we're rapidly turning into the world. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Wally, -E, the Disney movie, yeah. <laughs> but everyone in the world was sitting in a chair that used to ride around by itself. No one, no one even stood up. That's where we're going. So if we're going to put a stop to that, we have to take the responsibility as the adults and jump in and do that. Uh, you know, you're talking about uh, leading by example, one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> yeah. And as a parent, that's the first way it starts. And I think that's a concept that's, that's applicable everywhere and anywhere. Totally. As a matter of fact, I don't care what work you do. I mean, uh, whatever you do, if you have somebody that works with you, if you do things, people are going to follow. And that's, that's just how it is. But, you know, if you're not doing the first excuse, they're going to say like, well, you're not doing it. Why are you telling us to do it? Right. And especially yeah. with kids, that's the first reaction they're going to say today is like, dad, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> you know, I've had that. I've had that expression before. So I can tell you from real personal experience, it, 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 they, they come up at you with those. But you're right. I mean, and, and by the way, you, thank you for sharing that because there's no shame in the game. I mean, you know, we all have sometimes 
times where we kind of collapse a little bit. And, you know, it's not, you know, people think when you're doing something like, oh, they don't see those difficulties and the difficult times you go through and the hurdles and, and, and the times where you really feel like bad and you're just, oh my God. And, but, but the thing is that's going to happen to everyone. The best of us will go through those, but how you deal with it and whether you come back from it or not. And, and the ability to accept sometimes like, okay, well, it's a restart, but I have to restart. And it starts with that first step. And as a matter of fact, I just posted something today about that first step. Everything yep. starts with that first step. You know, it's you, you're like, well, I love that. I, I, want, I want to buy that stuff. But if I'm not making that step, it's not going to happen. But you know what? You have to know that it's going to take some time to get back to your uh, conditioning or whatever that, you know, uh, uh, speed that you were at before. And again, yep. like, again, the pandemic did have a, a strike on al- almost all of us. Uh, some people actually, you you mentioned Jersey. I mean, uh, we're lucky in, in in some of the states where we have the ability to actually uh, go around. Even in the pandemic, we were not as as excluded or like locked down. I mean, some states they didn't have that that they, on some location, like in, in New York City, people were locked in apartments. They couldn't even go out. That's a that's a very very much much difficult situation than than some of the other folks that are in suburban areas and and they can actually do things and walk around and you know outdoors so there was no restriction that way so it changed the dynamics but even with that to your point i think we all gained some weight during that time well maybe i, I won't speak for everybody but i can i can relate <laughs> to that personally uh, i had i had that i you know i actually i have some videos you know that i did some tiktoks and stuff during that time and i can notice the difference in the weight <laughs> you know but, but i love what you said about your favorite pair of jeans because i have a rule I do not change, you know, my size in the wardrobe, no matter what. As soon as the things start getting tight, that's my cue. Get out <laughs> and, and get some work. This is not going to, I am not doing this. I mean, I, by the way, I changed my wardrobe, my stuff, but the, but it's the same size. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the idea is that you cannot, you know, because I, I know people that have like a couple of sizes, like one up, one down. I, you know, and I have friends that did that where they, they have one, two sizes, you know, off. So they have, you know, a wiggle. I have no rule of that. The only rule is one size and that's exactly what's going to remain or better. I'd rather be loose in my things than actually tight on them. So, but that's, that's how you, again, these are little tactics or techniques that you can use to, to kind of almost motivate you in a way or remind you. We yep. need those triggers. And and you're right. Like, you know, I, and by the way, I thank you for sharing about, you know, I know that's personal about the hip and stuff, but the weight gain, uh, you know, it doesn't have to have, even though without surgery, your knees are the first place you're going to feel the weight. Uh, you know, yeah. this happened to me years back. I, I took a, a year of, you know, whatever lapse, if you want to call it. And I gained 45 pounds, not 25 pounds, 45 pounds. There was a point where I could not climb steps. I mean, the stairs were like hot. I mean, literally going upstairs were like, I I have to actually crawl up. And the pain was just, you know, very bad. And and that's the other thing. Depends on your size, depends on a lot of things. You know, all that weight is actually being supported by those <laughs> two pillars that you actually call legs. And and if if the weight is too much, they're gonna collapse eventually, and you're not gonna have. And then your cardio is bad, everything. But but I love the idea of your new book because you're right. You know, you've focused on the children, and that helps. You know, and and, and you still have that. But now you took it to the next level. Uh, so 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 yeah. I mean, you you're really it's 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 amazing that that you're getting to the next level and you're doing this next step. And I think, you know, it's awesome. I love the work that you do. I mean, I follow, like, as I said, your stuff, the, uh, do you, do you have a release date by the way on, on the new book or an estimated? Not yet. Still writing. Um, and you know, I know when I, when I read, wrote the first one, I remember after I hired the, uh, the editor, um, that is a lesson in humility. 
because when you've put your blood, sweat and tears in something, and then you spend money and you hire someone to then look at your work. I think my first reaction was, they're just going to look at this and be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And she's like, okay, yeah, this is good. We got a lot of work to do. I was like, Whoa, what? what? <laughs> so I know it's going to be a process of, you know, um, how do we get this message out correctly? And the goal is not to get the book out as fast as possible. And the book is the, the purpose at this point is to write a book that people can actually use as a tool. Um, and I always try to use myself as an example of things that I have found worked or hacks or, or whatever. Everyone loves the word hack today. Like how do we biohack this or how do we do that? But there are certain things that we can do that truly do have an impact and are, are able to get us from point A to point B a little faster. Um, and usually doesn't supplement the work that you need to put in. And again, we kind of talked about it in the beginning, but that's the part where I say it all the time. Consistency is king. Um, if you, if you are someone that really does nothing, right. You, you don't do any exercise. You don't eat properly. Uh, you drink really high caffeinated and high sugar, sugar drinks. Um, Anything you do at that point in a, in, that moves you in the right direction is a positive thing to do, even if it's only this big, but you just got to stick with it consistently. Um, and we as, especially as adults, it's kids too, but we as adults, we are, we are obsessed with shiny objects, right? When um, we start a new diet plan, or I hate that word, but we start a new nutrition plan, or we start a new workout, and then we hear about our friend who started something else. We're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this one. Maybe I should be doing that one. Stop. Do what you're doing. And when you get to a point where you're not progressing anymore, then you can make a pivot. But if you've only been doing it for a month or two, you're nowhere near that point. Like, keep pushing. And honestly, even like, so I'm only... Um, I'm less than even an amateur when it comes to podcasting because I've only got 17 episodes in, but you know, my goal is to actually be able to rock these pretty well when I hit about episode 100. Cause I know like you, you get, you got to keep working at it. You just got to keep doing what you do until you get more comfortable and you get to the point where um, in a podcast situation, you find your voice. Um, and, but when it comes to fitness or it comes to anything, you got to stick with it. Um, you know, there's, People generally fall into one of three types of categories. They're either the architect, the builder, or they're the groundskeeper. So the architect loves to plan everything out. That's the person who they love buying the new workout clothes. They love finding out the new uh, fitness program is going to be. They buy all the stuff to make sure they're ready to go for their new program. That's the architect. The builder just jumps right in. They do no planning whatsoever. They just jump in and they're just blindly going to start building. Um, and go, 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 go. Those people are great, but after they make their, their initial progress, their initial, initial success, they tend to fall back off because they, um, they don't want to be the groundskeeper, right? They want to build the building, but then they don't want to take care of it after it's built. We have to incorporate ourselves to be all three. Um, we're going to be really good at one. And the other ones are where we're going to have to find those hacks or find those productivity things that we can do to get ourselves through those things. Um, you know, Tim Ferriss said it best as adults, we are, you know, fairly good at one thing and at best mediocre at everything else. And that's just how we are generally as people. So in that situation, whether it's your business, whether it's your job, whether it's your family life, 
which one are you? Are you the architect? Are you the builder? Or are you the groundskeeper? And whichever one you are, continue to hone those skills. That's great. But you're going to have to work on the other ones just a little bit. And you're going to have to find the ways and the tools to be able to progress you a little bit better. Well, Mike, thank you for that, because that is a powerful advice. And you know what? Um, it's funny because I, I'm, an, I'm one of the belief that I don't have to bake on everything, but I need to know a little bit of everything. <laughs> but I do, I do need to be good at at least something of of everything because it sounds weird. It's almost like philosophical here, but the idea is that you know I know what I'm good at, but I need to train myself on other areas so this way I can manage things. But I cannot be an expert in everything. Sometimes you have to nope. seek the help, and exactly. but, but but you need to know what 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 the other pieces are because you still need to apply them, and that's one way. But I love what you said about consistency and about just you know never stop. You start. You got to keep going and yep. you take it one day at a time, one problem at a time, and you move on step by step. And again, we talked about the first step, the journey begins and it only ends if you stop it. I mean, it continues. And to your point, you can always get to a point where you have to, to shift and to your point, the word pivot, pivot to use. So you can pivot to something else, but you'll never go back and never stop. You just keep going. And one leads to the other to lead to the other. And, and, and you're going to find yourself in much better situation. You said something about your your podcast, and I have to say, uh, in my word, you know, and um, I think you're doing terrific. You're a pro already, so don't <laughs> you, you you got this. Um, and but but you're right. It's like it's like everything else, right? You become you know, it's like having an education, bachelor's, master's, PhD, and 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 that's what it happens. Eventually, you become it's a natural piece of it, and you just do this like you know by default. And but it, but it doesn't happen. I mean, I I I'm not an expert either, but. I remember my first podcast, you know, when I first show, I was like nervous. Uh, you know, you you have a little doubt, you know, you'd say it, you know, you're always worried about how people are going to think about it. You know, is it going to be appealing? But the one thing I did is like, I didn't care about what people would think about. I, I, th I thought what I was, you know, focused on is the message. I wanted yeah. to, you know, the message is the key. Uh, and as long as it's a good message, someone is going to find the value in it. And that was it. So how I presented it, maybe not be the best way. And you know what? I eventually learned. I mean, my background is I was a tour guide. I'm in sales. So I presented thousands of times in my life. So it helps a little bit, but still it's not the same because it, you need, that's the other thing. You have, you have the perception. You always have to worry. And that's I, sometimes you don't have to worry all the time how people are going to see you. They're going to, people are going to judge you no matter what. Exactly. <laughs> Fact, you know, people are going to judge you. Some people are going to like you. Some people may not like you. The, the question, the, the idea is that you want to have a 99% ratio of like versus <laughs> not, but, but that's, that's, you work towards that. But the idea, there's always going to be someone that's like, well, look at him, look at her. What the hell? He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's all right. good. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. The question is, what am I doing? Am I doing, a making a difference? That's all that matters. Yep. I believe I'm doing it. I believe in my mission. You believe in your mission. And that's really what, what's important to all people. If, you are, if you're out there listening, watching right now, um, you don't have to take it from us, but you have your own vision. You have your own goals. You have your own dreams. You know, don't let anybody tell you that, you know, you can't or you're not, you're not good at it. You're never going to be as good, uh, you know, or compare you to other people. If they're superstars, they're superstars. That's okay. They started somewhere too. Always remember that there's no one that we look at, you know, up to or idolize or, or take as role models that didn't, that started at that peak. They had to start somewhere. And I guarantee you at the time when they were starting, 
they were looking for opportunity. They were seeking help. They were trying. They would have doubts. They have everything that you probably you and I right now feeling, you know, in the beginning of anything we do. So I understand that is not, you know, unique. For, like They're not so special. They just work towards that being special. You are just as equally special, you know, with them and you can do it. So don't think that, you know, it's going to affect you like, oh, my God, you know, just believe. I think that's yes. the first thing. If you don't believe in yourself, that's a problem. You got to believe. And, and, and you can be, let's say, whatever it is that you want to do, it could be as dumb as, as as it could be. It doesn't matter. It's not what, what, as long as you believe in it, do it. And yes, you might start with something off, but then you'll adjust. As you said, we'll adjust over time. You'll, you will see the feedback. You'll get that and you'll improve slowly but surely. And you'll get to a point. You know, flying was, was an awful idea. <laughs> People were, were killed for, like, you know, even mentioning that we can fly as humans, right? You know, right. the idea of having another continent over the Atlantic Ocean, you know, was almost like, you know, ludicrous, right? So, so we can talk about space, you know, uh, exploration and, you know, like, you know, who would have said I'm talking to someone right now on, on the screen, you know, and we're having a discussion. You know, I mean, we're watching someone live, you know, from, from, from the, you know, on the other side of the world. All these things were like at a certain point, like, oh, my God, you're crazy. What are you talking about? This people flying. And that's a big deal. Now people fly like, you know, for as, as business, you can actually be here and go to do a meeting in LA and come back, <laughs> you yep. know, in the same day. So, so everything is possible. Open your mind to it. Learn, have the ability to believe in yourself. And that's the whole thing. And don't worry about what people think, but, but you have to believe in that. Now it is important to know that you're making a difference and what you're delivering has merits. Obviously you don't just, I mean, that, Believe it or not, people are doing stuff that has no value and they're still getting, you know, uh, appreciated. I mean, you talked about TikTok and stuff. I mean, when I say no value, I mean, it's, it's got a value somewhere. I mean, it can be entertaining or whatever, but it may not be educational before, you know, because we think sometimes resource value and education is key or financial, whatever. But yep. entertainment is fine, too. I mean, we, we all Just love our entertainers and that's OK. Everybody has a, 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 you know, a component, a formula, a spin, and that's all good. But the idea, don't compare yourself to anybody. You have something different. You know, Mike, you have mind fit. That's your thing. You know, you're expert at it. I cannot come in and change that. I cannot do half of what you do. I can learn, but I will still have to learn from you because this is your thing. And that's the key. Every one of us has an opportunity to do this. And again, you, you're probably listening and watching this show right now. In, and you're like, well, these are two guys that are talking about podcasts. And, and, and so we're talking about real applied things that, you know, Mike has been doing, and he's been, I mean, it's its plenty of work that's been done and he's demonstrated good results, and he's going to the next stage and next stage. There's no, there's nothing that can stop Mike. I know that for a fact. I just met Mike, literally, but I mean, <laughs> I followed Mike, you know, in person, I just met him, but we, I've, we follow each other, but I can see what he's doing and where he's heading. That's the other thing. Sometimes you have to have, don't look at here, like near you, look at the future, like try to figure out like what could be the angle. If you can't see the angle, that means you're not opening your mind, you know, well enough. I mean, there's plenty. You have to like open your mind to like see like what's this? What's where is this going? I can yeah. see three books, I can see four books, I can see a movie, I can see a lot of stuff. I can see a concept that is applied in real education system across the nation, even worldwide. This is a podcast that is worldwide. This is a show that's being watched everywhere. Someone may have to pick this idea in Australia, someone will pick it up in Europe or the Middle East or Asia. We don't know. But there's someone that's going to take value of this. And that's the other thing. If we can make a difference in one life at a time, see yes. one time, one step, one life, one degree, it's all one, <laughs> one minute of, you know, one second in life. I mean, that's the other thing. One, one breath at a time is a, is yeah. a good difference, right? So that's the idea. So don't, don't feel that you're 
uh, restricted by any means. And, and the world today allows us to do a lot more than we could have done 10 years ago, a few years ago. Technology is just making it a lot easier. It could be bad for us. It could be good for us. You know, yeah. it's like everything else. You know, I'm not going to go into a debate of, you know, uh, firearms and stuff, but, you know, uh, or, or weapons, whatever. They, some of them are used for the right reason. Some of them are used for the wrong reason. It all depends on who's doing what. And, you know, we can debate all the merits. Maybe we don't need all that stuff. But, you know, that's not the topic today. But the fact is everything. You know, you take Mike delivers a, a book. There's two things that can change your life. I deliver a speech. There's one thing that can change your life. You know, maybe not today, maybe another show. It doesn't right. matter. But that's the thing. You don't discount, you know, what you're getting. Information is coming to you. You filter it up. You take all the stuff. It's like you squeeze the best, you know, nectar of, of, of what you get. And then you yeah. apply it to your own doing. That's it. Everyone can benefit from everyone. And that's, that's I, that. I mean, seriously, that. everyone can benefit from everyone because that is a fact. You know, if I meet people, it's funny. I was I was on a trip and. They, uh, you know, uh, we had we were with with some friends, and uh, the 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 daughter of our friend showed me a new trick on how to take a picture <laughs> on my okay. my iPhone, and it was it was like you know it's like how did I not think about that? <laughs> but you know it was not my thing. But I I'm like I just learned something that is as simple as that, but it's actually effective in taking pictures, you know. And so and that's the thing. One small idea, you don't know where it's coming from and when it's going to happen. But but if you're not out there seeking the information, you're not grabbing and you're not absorbing, or if you're like, you know, you're pushing all the information, oh, this is not for me, this is not for me. You know, as we say, we know the expression, never judge a book by its cover. Well, that's a lot of people do this. Like they, they, they look at it, uh, you know, they may just catch this part of the show. Like, oh, this is boring. You know, <laughs> no, but you know, I, you know, yeah. it happens. Oh, it happens. Like you just, you just stumble on that. Maybe a piece of the show that was the least interesting and you yeah. discount, you know, the whole opportunity, but you missed everything that was positive in the show, you know, but that's, that's because that's our nature. We don't like, let me see what this mm, interesting. Let me hear what they have to say. And you, yeah. you're like, Oh my God, this was good. What was I missing? Right. And this is just an example, but many things. So again, I wanted just to give you like all the props, dude, you know, for, for doing your podcast and keeping it up and, it is it is an evolve and you're just gonna get more and more good at it and you know you're gonna have a lot of success this is you know i i discovered this by default <laughs> by actually mistake literally not even because when i started this whole concept personally it was about health and healthcare you and healthcare so you know yep. like, i love what you said about it sick care because really that's the thing it's not preventative health i mean although we try to promote that now it's more about like we fix you when you're sick as opposed to we prevent yeah. you from getting sick. So those are the things. But I love it. So I started about the idea and then then I it evolved slowly but truly into something different, you know, and I started learning. But really, I even I, I you're gonna joke, you're gonna laugh at me right now, but I didn't even know I heard podcasts, but I never know what it was. <laughs> it sounded funny. It was like podcast, you know, what is that? You know, I no. you know, I actually did not even know about it. I started a radio concept, that's what I wanted, or a show, just like okay. the TV shows. But then yeah. I realized, what's the difference between a podcast and a TV talk show? <laughs> none. Not today. <laughs> it's none. It's really the same thing. So, so again, it, we refer to these things differently. But when you look at it, this is a talk show. This yeah. is, you know, maybe not on, you know, one of the major networks, but it is nevertheless a talk show. And people are creator, creators today everywhere. Vimeo, yes. YouTube. I mean, they have their own platforms. Uh, you, they're thousands and thousands of, of of real people that are out there sharing value and you and i mike we talked earlier about something that the information that you're going to find in podcasts the information that you're going to find in these talk shows 
you're not going to find a regular TV because that's not the same you know, message. That's not the same platform. This is raw. This is from people that are real life people that are not stage or anything. Uh, it, some of them is entertaining. Some of it, I mean, there's Clubhouse, for example, is awesome. You can just go in there and listen to people chatting and you can jump in on the discussion, you know, and learn from experts from all over the backgrounds. It's amazing. And so, again, there's so much work, folks, out there. And, you know, the work that Mike is doing out there is terrific. He's been doing it for a mission. He, it is a personal mission to him. And I am, I'm, I'm your fan, dude. <laughs> so we, I'm going to give you a bump fist, pick, you know, so, so, you know, keep up the great work, dude. So I'm, I'm just going to pump it up for you. And like I said, it's, uh, I, I've learned a lot of things today just from, from what, you know, you've, you've presented and it's, it's sweet to actually have a discussion where you can pick up a few things at every angle. And that's the other thing. Open your, it's like, you have like to be a dish. You know, just absorbing, you know, frequencies from all over. And then you can, you know, uh, filter them out, whatever it is, you know, and distribute them to different channels if you have to. That's how I see it. Learning. That's, that's the key to it. You know, neurogenesis, um, and it ties back into the exercise, but exercise actually causes neurogenesis. So neurogenesis is the creation of new brain cells, new synaptic clefts um, in your brain. And when we were kids, I actually remember my mom telling me I was trying to suck the helium out of a balloon. Uh, to make my voice go funny. I remember her telling me, you're going to burn up all your brain cells and you never get any back. And we've just proven now that that's not true. And, you you know, every time you learn, you actually create new, um, you know, new, new uh, neurological connections in your brain. And neurogenesis is the creation of new brain cells. So when you put a 95-year-old person on an exercise program and people are like, whoa, like, what type of CrossFit are they doing? You'd be surprised. It's amazing how much they can do. But again, never stop learning because you can rebuild and actually not even just rebuild, but build beyond the amount of brain capacity that you had before just by using your brain. And when we sit all day and we're just scrolling all day long, um, we're not using our brain because you're not implementing what you learn. Take that time and, and grab it by the horns. Uh, learn something and then run with it. Mike, I, I, I love what you said because you, to your point, the more you, you're learning or you are eager to learn, the more you find yourself willing to learn more and, and absorbing more. I, I do work, I told you, I, I'm in the healthcare as well and I, I work with the senior market and dude, I, I meet people that are in the 80s and even you know 90s that are like so happy, so alive, so active, very smart and they actually really, really like, they don't even look the age they don't feel yeah. the age. They're just like, you know, superstars in my world. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's the thing. So that's the other thing. So it is never too late, you know, and you can build and build and build. And the brain, we don't even use a small percent of the capacity of our brain. So we just have to, to tap into that. You know, it's just a whole different world. And you hear this all the time. We see in movies, we hear it all the time, but we just, you know, sometimes, again, we're talking about the discounting ideas. Like, you know, we just kind of dismiss them. You know, don't dismiss things, you know. It is real, folks. It is. <laughs> and you know what? T get feedback from yourself. So, start, you know, I, I tell people do this all the time. Start a journal and you have one entry each day. And all your entry is what did you learn today that you didn't know the day before? Um, and then you can go back and actually see all the things that you've learned over a week, over a month, over a year. Um, and if, you're, if your page is blank, you're not trying hard enough. Right, you got to start putting yourselves into places where people know things that you don't, and that's why. I mean, look, 
not and certainly not touch on politics, but I see the division in this country today that are both that that is just driving, you know, states apart, countries apart, families apart. And what's happened is because of social media, we've gotten it's gotten so easy to surround ourselves with people that think exactly like us. Right. You join a Facebook group of, you know, I only love purple elephants. And if it's not a purple elephant, I don't like it. So you join a group that's everyone loves purple elephants. So when there's a green elephant, well, all the people in your group are going to discredit that green elephant because there's only purple ones. Right. Um, We have to start putting ourselves in situations where people know things about things that we don't know. Um, That's how you learn. Um, and that's how we will also reduce the amount of division that we see today in this world. Um, some of the most fascinating conversations I have with people are with people who think very differently than I do and, you know, move away from the, well, if, if they don't think like you, then they hate you. That's not true at all. Um, but don't use the opportunity necessarily to, um, force your beliefs on them, use the opportunity to learn something from them. Um, and there's been many conversations I've had over the years where someone has a stark opinion, opinion against, you know, something that I believe. And my opinion wound up changing, not because they forced theirs on me, but I got to ask different questions. And if you start asking different questions for people that know different things than you do, you'd be amazed where you can go. Um, for, for anything, for anything in life. I love it, Mike. And you know, it's, it's amazing because we talked about technology and how this world today is, we're pretty much connected. And you talked about social media. You know, it is a big village. <laughs> and, and we have so many cultures within the village and so many opinions and visions and views and opinions. And you're right, you know, it's, we don't have to be stuck to one, you know, uh, format. We have so many options and we can get the best of everybody. You know, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was just having this discussion about, for example, you look at a country such as the AU, like Dubai, right? It, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a place that took the best of every part of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they took the best from the US, from, from Europe, from the, the Asian countries, from yeah. everywhere. And they made up a country from nowhere. <laughs> I mean, yeah. a, a new, it's, it's, it's almost like when you look at him on, you know, and, and, and you see the pictures, the videos that they post, people are posting. It's like, yeah, but it, it started, I mean, it's a desert. It was nothing there. It was just like yeah. a sand, but they took the best of everybody. So if they had this discounter or the, 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 like just literally disbelieved in what can be or limited themselves to one type of thought, they wouldn't be where they are today. Yeah. And, and that's the thing we can all evolve by learning from each other. And I, I love that message, you know, Mike, it's powerful. And, you know, I hope that people can take it. I mean, uh, and you're right. Uh, it's not about your opinion. Cause again, to your point, you can be sheltered in one group and just not open to the other concept, but you know, that's okay. That's going to limit what your possibilities, your horizons. And, and, you know, that's what we call horizons. It's open. You just take, take what you can, you know, right. and, and, and that's the other thing. Like I always refer to this as uh, 3d or 4d. Don't look at the work 2D. You know, the world is 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 a lot more than we think. I mean, you know, if you fly at 40,000 feet, you know, the world becomes very smaller and stuff and you can start <laughs> seeing the value of things. And if you just get off the earth atmosphere, you'll be like really <laughs> amazed of how things are. So you need to like, you know, just open up your mind that there is more, there's different. And 
absorb absorb i mean you got to be a sponge every day and it's not like oh that's not that's the old way you know historically that's always been the case that's the only way we know it that's how my grandparents did it okay well that's the case we wouldn't be if you know there would be no uh yeah. innovation there wouldn't be no future because we have we would have limited ourselves to being on horses still <laughs> you know so one of the favorite things i heard someone say recently was you know, you have older generations. I, I put myself in the older generation now as much as I may not like to be in that older generation, but I am. But I keep hearing people say to younger generations, well, these people have it so easy. They didn't. They don't know what we went through. But here's the, the most ironic thing about that statement. As parents, we say all the time that we want to make things easier for our kids, right? So if we want it to be easier for the next generation, don't then chastise them and say that they don't understand what you had to go through because they had it easier. That's what we're trying to do. Like we're trying to make it easier for each generation and they're going to experience it in a different way than we are. So I joke with my kids all the time because, you know, they have the old saying, well, I walk to the bus stop every day in a snowstorm and bare feet uphill both ways. And, um, you know, they kind of laugh at me, but, the challenges and the struggles that we had when we were kids didn't even exist. Uh, what they have to deal with today did not exist when we have, when we have to, you know, when we had a bully in our school that we had to deal with, you only had to deal with them when you were in school or if you saw them, you know, on the basketball court or something like that today, they can't get away from them. So today, social media and technology, it's everywhere. So we have to allow them to, face their own struggles in the time that they are living right now, because don't expect them to be able to go through it the same way that, that, that we did. It's just not going to happen. Mike, listen, you know, this is powerful stuff. And I, I think I took a little bit more of your time today. <laughs> it was so, it was so, it was so fun. Yeah, we're having a good time, but, but so, so I know we, we have to wrap it up, but so before we, 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 we kind of part today, uh, I want you to just share with our audiences, you know, maybe one or two pieces of advice that can, you know, maybe alter their, you know, day to day or maybe their, their, their future life. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, you, you have a lot of mojo there that I can, we can, we can benefit from. So go for it. <laughs> um, you know, I would say again, always, always, anything you look at or anything you're trying to teach someone else, use yourself as an example, be, be that role model, be that person to be able to uh, show that you were who you were. Maybe you failed. Maybe you took those steps backwards and then, you know, take what you learned and then try to try to share that with somebody else. Um, you know, one of the, one of the, Coolest things, and I'll actually, I'll, I'll preview this for you because I, I haven't shared it a whole lot with other people. My last podcast episode was about it. Um, one of the tools that I've used very, very successfully um, is called triple habit stacking. And triple habit stacking is if you have a goal, and I'll use fitness and health as an example. Um, what happens is like people will say, okay, I want to get healthier. I want to um, either lose weight or my doctor told me I need to improve my cardiac fitness, whatever it is. So what they do is like, all right, I'm going to start working out or I'm going to start working out and eating right, whatever it is. But there's such broad statements and they get all excited. Like I, I'm actually totally against ever starting a, a new workout plan on Monday because your expectation that it's Monday, it's a new start. It's like New Year's Day, right? It's a New Year's <laughs> resolution every Monday. And um, what happens is life gets in the way. 
nothing is ever going to be perfect. But when we go to start something new, we have these expectations of perfection. So the thing I would say is, and I actually use this myself, when I needed to get out of my own funk, um, I knew exactly what to do. But I also knew exactly what I would have done 10 years prior. And I was in a physical condition where I couldn't actually do those things. So I had to take a different approach. So if you choose three things that you are not doing right now, but you know those three things, even individually, will lead you closer to your goal. So for example, uh, if you want to start a healthier lifestyle, you want to start exercising, you want to start eating better, you want to lose weight, um, choose three things. So thing number one could be uh, you're going to walk 10,000 steps every day. Thing number two is you're just going to agree you're not going to change your diet at all. You're just going to agree that you're not going to eat after 7 p.m. at night. And thing number three is uh, you're not going to drink anything but water, right? So there are three fairly simple things. You don't need equipment for any one of those things. You don't need money to do any of those things. And you lay them all out. So you create a calendar and you put all three things in each day. And you know that you are going to fail. It is the triple habit stacking is the coolest way to be able to reach your goals yet fail every single day. It doesn't sound like it makes any sense, but if day one, you nail all three, right? There's that motivation and never rely on motivation ever, ever. It will fail you every time, but you have that motivation on day one. And then day two, um, you're like, okay, I'm going to nail all three again, but your kids soccer practice doesn't get done until eight o'clock at night. So now boom, all of a sudden you can't meet your goal of not eating after 7 PM because you haven't even had dinner yet. Um, but you got two out of the three. Okay, fine. You got two out of the three, which means those two things still took you steps forward, regardless of the fact that you didn't necessarily take a step back, but you weren't able to take that third step forward. And then the next day, your goal is, okay, I couldn't do that yesterday. So that one, that eating after 7 p.m., I'm going to make sure I don't do that. And I'm going to try to get my, my steps in, but boom, you have meetings all day at work and you wind up with 5,000 steps. Well, if your average was 5,000 steps in the past, right? Now you made a new goal to hit 10,000 steps every day. You're going from 35,000 steps to 70,000 steps. If you only got 10,000 on three of the days of the week, but you still got your other five, you're still at 50,000 steps, which means you made huge progress going forward. Triple havoc stacking is whether you can do it for work. Like if you're a salesperson, right? There are things as a salesperson that you know, if you do X, Y, and Z, you will be successful, right? But we don't do it because we're like, oh no, I need that new shiny thing. I need the new app that's going to help me. I need the new Salesforce, that app that's going on. Like we need something else. No, stay consistent. Find the things that are going to make an impact that don't necessarily have huge changes in your life, but that you can do consistently. And if you hit two of the three on a regular basis, you're going to make huge progress forward. Look at yourself now, look at yourself six months from now. If you only hit one, two, obviously you want three, but if you only hit a little bit, you're going to make the, the progress that you want. Triple habit stacking is the easiest way to get to a goal with still failing every day. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> we probably like just the people like, huh? You know, it takes a minute for people to absorb it, but yep. the concept is real. I mean, it just, you're always ahead of where you were, but you're still, you know, a step behind where you need to be. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's amazing how it plays, but you know, I love it. I love it. Mike, it, it, it's very real, man. I, I, I would love to continue this, but you know, maybe we'll do a, a second comeback and there's more to talk about, you know, definitely. And um, I enjoyed this, this time. And uh, 
you know, folks, I do hope that you're really uh, seeing the value of this discussion here today and, and just take as much from it as you can, because a lot of this you can apply and you will see a result. There's no doubt. I mean, just the last piece here, if you apply it exactly how Mike described it, you will see a tremendous amount of change and results, you know, positive results in your life. So, um, Mike, thank you so much for being with us, man. It's been real. Great talking to you. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. So, folks, um, this is it. We'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic. Uh, as for me, Hurricane H, we'll be talking soon. Bye for now.